open your Bibles to Genesis 19. Now, Genesis 19 is really a continuation of where we left off at in Genesis 18. So let's read Genesis 19. Genesis 19. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lord, he said, please, turn aside your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night, then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you. And you can do what you like with them, but don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, This fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-laws, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you, get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-laws thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives, don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, Very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly, because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zoar. 
By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old and there is no man around here to lie with us, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine, and then lie with him, and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father to drink wine, and the older daughter went in and lay with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down, or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight, and you go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went and lay with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. Now, as I said a moment ago, this is a continuation of what happened at the end of uh, chapter 18. The two angels who were with the Lord are now in Sodom, and they are met by Lot in verses 1 through 3. Now, uh, Lot will say, uh, I mean, says, uh, uh, when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, now behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, however, no, but we shall spend the night in the square. Yet he urged them strongly. So they turn aside to him and enter his house. Now, uh, why did Lot plead so strongly with these two men? Uh, now, we know that in this time, hospitality was well known to everyone. You know, people of that time were very hospitable. If you if they saw somebody come into a town who they've never seen before, uh, you would uh uh, wave that person down and say hey, hey let me give you something to eat before you go on your way or you know what it's getting late why don't you stay the night you know with us get some rest and then tomorrow you can go about your way 
I believe the reason that Lot pleased so strongly is because he knew the evil of the men in that town. Lot has been here for some time now and he knows what's going on with these guys. So he did not want them just to leave and stay and, and spend the night out in the open. Now, before they could even settle down for the night, the men of Sodom make a crude request to Lot in verses 4 to 5. Notice verses 4 and 5. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both the young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them. And Lot's fears are now starting to become true because what he thought could happen is happening. So obviously Lot, uh, even though he thought he might have been the first to see these men come in, apparently Lot is not the first to see these men come in because it says all the old and young men of the city saw them, went to Lot and said, bring those men out here. Now, uh, 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 now Lot uh, offers an odd solution to this problem. Notice verses six to eight. Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him. He said, please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now, behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. Hmm. Now, uh. Now, I have said that there are things in the Bible that I do not understand, no matter how much I study. This is one of them. Uh, for the sake of me, I will never understand how a father can offer up his daughters to be assaulted by a gang of evil men. Yes, I get how hospitality was in that time. I do understand that when you brought a person, a man or a woman under your roof, they were under your protection. But it's just something uh, parental. Uh, it's like your parental instincts would kick in and say, uh, I'm going to protect these men under my roof, but by no means am I going to offer up my daughters. Now, there are some things in life that you really don't know what you would do. Uh, one of those situations we will see in the next chapter uh, uh, when Abraham offers Sarah again, as he did uh, in times past. Uh, and so there are some situations where you don't know what you would do, but this is one of those situations where I'm going to speak as a man and as a father who has two daughters himself. There's no way under any circumstances uh, at all where I would say, hey, you know, let these men be. But here I have two daughters. You can you can have them take them and do with them whatever you, you please. That's why I said that it was an odd solution to the problem. Uh, but thank the Lord the angels intervene. Notice verses 9 through 11. They, but they said, they being the men of Sodom and Gomorrah, stand aside. Furthermore, they said, this one came to us as an alien. Already he is acting like a judge. Now we would treat you worse than them. Now notice that it said he's acting like a judge. It didn't say that Lot was the judge. It said he's acting like a judge and basically making this plea to them. The men uh, tried to break the door in, but the men reached out. These were the two angels inside and put their hands and brought Lot in the house with them and shut the door. Then it says that they struck the men uh, with blindness 
uh, both small and great, so that they worry themselves trying to find the doorway. So, uh, uh, you know, we have uh, always been happy that these two angels uh, did get in the way to stop uh, what was happening because even though these men seemed like they had no desire at all of Lot's daughters, uh, you know, uh, the angels intervened and that never became an option. Now, the angels tell Lot, uh, you know, God's plan to destroy Sodom uh, through verses 12 through 22. Uh, as we read earlier, they are telling Lot, hey, the Lord is going to destroy this place because of the wickedness going on here. Grab your, your kids, grab your wife and uh, anybody else in this town uh, uh, who, you know, who is dear to you and get out of the town. And we went through that in verses uh, 12 through 22. And... Uh, they, and the angels tell Lot in verse 22, hurry, escape, for, they, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the town is called Zoar. And this was Lot speaking and telling them there's a small town nearby that I could get to easily. I kind of didn't really understand this, to be honest. Lot arguing with these angels and, you know, uh, telling, you know, they told him where to go. And he said, well, no, no, let me go here. Kind of I didn't really understand that. But maybe at this time, Lot is also getting up there in years. And maybe he saw how far it was. And he wanted to go someplace close. Now, uh, the Lord destroyed the land. In verses 23 through 29. It says that the sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew the cities and all the valleys and all the inhabitants of the cities uh, and what grew on the ground. Uh, but his wife uh, from behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Remember, uh, when we read earlier, the angels told them to leave and don't look back. And Lot's wife does look back and she turns into a pillar of salt. Now, what I want to touch on here is, is God being omnipresent. OK, uh, because we just touched on something very important that gets looked over in verse 24. Omnipresent means that God is everywhere all the time at, at any time, all the time. Now, uh. Jehovah Witnesses will say to you, well, uh, how could God, uh, when they want to discuss, you know, Jesus, you know, not being God and, 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 and this and that and the other, one of the things they will say to you is, well, how is it that uh, if he was God here on the earth in, in uh, a fleshly body, that how was he God in heaven? Who was manning heaven? The answer is a really simple answer. God. He's God in heaven. He's God on the earth. He's God in the atmosphere of outer space. How do we know this? Verse 24 again. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. If you remember, the Lord is on earth. Remember in chapter 18, he appeared to Abraham. He appeared. Remember, he said he was standing with Abraham when he was looking at Sodom and Gomorrah. He was standing. The Lord, okay, uh, the the God, the God of the God of heaven, the and the God of of earth, the God that created the earth. 
is standing with Abraham looking down at Sodom and Gomorrah saying what he's about to do and Abraham is kneeling on his face before the Lord pleading with the Lord to save uh, the righteous in the city but in verse 24 it says then the Lord that's the Lord standing on the earth rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven and the word does not change this is the sacred name uh, of, of Yahweh uh, in the Hebrew it even says Jehovah it says then Jehovah rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from Jehovah out of heaven and actually it has an article in front of it so it says from from the Lord the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven so this is a place you can go to prove that God is omnipresent the Lord rained fire from heaven while he was still standing on earth out of heaven the Lord is omnipresent now another uh, weird uh, situation arises in verses 30 through 38 and uh, as we move on to that we see that this is Lot and his daughters uh, getting him drunk to have children because they uh, I'm sorry because uh, they because their husbands were left behind they got burned up in Sodom and Gomorrah and they fear that which I didn't really understand why stand why these young women fear that they would never get another husband but it says that uh, in verse 31 the firstborn said to the younger our father is old and there is not a man on earth to come into us as the manner of the earth come let us make our father drink wine and let us lie with him that we may preserve our family through our father so they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose now he drank wine so how did he not know when she lay down and when she arose because he drank a lot of wine he wasn't drinking grape juice if you've been following me I've already touched on the fact that wine is wine okay this is not grape juice I'm, I'm sorry I'm, yeah, I'm sorry this is not grape juice this is wine he didn't know who came and went because he was out of it he drunk he, he, he got drunk he passed out and his oldest daughter lied with him now what I don't understand is is that why do they think that the whole earth is destroyed? Like, why do they think like they know that there's uh, lands outside of Sodom and Gomorrah? Because I have to assume that they were alive when Abraham was staying close to his uncle, uh, that that lot was uh, their father lot was staying close to his uncle Abraham. So they know that there's other people around. But for some reason, the oldest daughter says there's no more men on earth. So the only way that we're going to keep our family line alive is if we lie with our father. Now, uh, uh, the younger one goes in the next night and does the same thing. They fill him up on wine again and the same thing happens. Then uh, they both have a child by their father. It says uh, the firstborn, the firstborn, a son, and called his name Moab, for he's the father of the Moabites to this day. And as for the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami, who is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. Now, let's look at a little something about these uh, two sons that are mentioned here. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 2. 
Deuteronomy 2. First, we want to look at verse 9, and it reads, Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor provoke them to war, for I will give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given error to the sons of Lot as a possession. Now, that goes back to Moab. Now, stay in the same chapter and turn to verse 19. And it reads, And when you come opposite the sons of Ammon, do not harass them nor provoke them, for I will not give you any of the land of the sons of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the sons of Lot as a possession. So, there is a little something on Moab and ben Ami. That brings us to the end of Genesis chapter 19. Uh, Solomon Gomorrah has been destroyed. Uh, Lot uh, now has two sons through his own daughters. Remember, in our day and time, this is uh, very weird and very odd, but the incest uh, laws have not taken place yet. So the impurities that, that slowly happen over time have not taken place yet. So as, as weird as that sounds to you and I, this was still pretty much a, uh, even though it shouldn't have happened, it's still pretty much a natural, a, a, a natural thing in this time. Thank you for listening and God bless.